So I remember the days of me answering all the calls, returning all the emails, seeing everybody, you know, being the admin and the, the practitioner. And when, when you're in practice by yourself, that's all you got, just yourself, right? As you're growing and you're scaling to bring other people on. And one thing that I always found so challenging was rescheduling people. Uh, and it starts to add up the more people that you have. So one thing that has saved us a ton of time recently and really increased our conversion percentages online to new patients is making the switch over to PT Everywhere for my local practice, Athletes Potential. We actually saw our new patients that were booking online numbers double in the time that we've actually implemented utilizing their platform. And the reason why it's so much easier to book online. Many times people have to create accounts and it's difficult for them to actually save an appointment. And as we switched over, what we saw was these numbers jumped for us and we got more people online, which saved our administrative resources. It allowed them to pick a time that worked for them. And overall, it's been a very seamless transition. So if you're looking to leverage a platform to help get some of your time back, I would recommend PT Everywhere. It'll save you a ton of time on the admin side and help get more people in the door. Head over to pteverywhere.com and check out their platform and how it can help you. So here's the question. How do physical therapists like us, who don't want to see 30 patients a day, who don't want to work home health, and have real student loans, create a career and life for ourselves that we've always dreamed about? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. My name's Danny Matei, and welcome to the PT Entrepreneur Podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? Doc Danny here with the PT Entrepreneur Podcast. And today we're talking about what are you worth? What should you get paid? You know, how much should somebody pay you in particular coming out of school and just in the profession in general? This is uh, something that um, sort of comes from uh, a couple of things. Recently, uh, in the Doctors of Physical Therapy Facebook group, I, I try to actually don't get on Facebook very much, but recently I've been doing a lot more because We've been getting so much more involved in our PT Entrepreneurs Facebook group, which by the way, if you're not uh, a member of that, go sign up. This, it's awesome. Like we're we're adding so many cool resources. Like it's better than most people's paid stuff. Like that's our goal. We wanted to be just such a cool resource, such a great place for you to really learn um, about how to grow, you know, your own your own practice, but also personal development. We're doing weekly, uh, you know, live trainings. We're highlighting people that we that we've had a chance to work with and what's worked for them, um, you know. So anyway, we spend a lot of time there, and I've been on Facebook more recently than I have in a long time. Um, and I saw uh, essentially a, a thread sort of caught my caught my eye about um, somebody basically saying like you know, how much PT should make and that it's crazy that they don't make more. Um, and I agree in many ways, PT should make more money. Right. Uh, but, uh, but, but I think it was actually about the conversation of potentially like unionizing, uh, physical therapy and, you know, there's pros and cons to that. I mean, there's whatever, there's different ways to look at the union, unionization of, um, groups. But when we really look at the root cause of the problem, it's not that, we need to try to unionize and force people to pay more, right? And this is coming from somebody that also owns a business. So I can look at this from a couple of different perspectives. So hopefully you can take this for what it's worth in terms of I've been employed and I've been an employer. And what I can tell you is it really comes down to economics, basic economics. And for most people, they don't necessarily want to look at the nuts and bolts of what drives an economy. They really, more than anything, they just want to point at somebody and tell them that they should do something without understanding any sort of second and third order consequences associated with that. And what I mean by this is if we look at basic math around running a business, 
there's a, a really good book, uh, super smart accountant uh, named Gre- uh, Greg Crabtree. <clears throat> he wrote a book called Simple Numbers. And I referenced this book quite a bit. I've actually heard him speak a couple times. Um, and he talks about something called labor efficiency ratios. So labor efficiency ratios are basically your gross revenue generated divided by the amount of uh, money you're paying to have that service or product fulfilled, right? So in our case, it would be service. So on average, from what I've seen, um, and this can be more or less depending on the in-network provider, uh, but historically, or at least recently, the average staff clinician is gonna produce around $300,000 in gross revenue for a in-network clinic that is in more of a higher uh, volume model, okay? So $300,000 a year gross revenue produced by that uh, employee. On average, they're gonna be somewhere between you know, 65 and probably $85,000 a year, depending on how long they've been out of school, um, how many people they're seeing. And it can be more than that, obviously, as well. But that's probably the average, right? So 65 to 85. So if we look at that, and we take 300,000 and divide it by, let's just call it 70, because that's going to make my math a little easier. That's about a three ratio. Okay. So you know, for, for, for us, if you're around like 75, you know, 70 to $80,000 and you're generating 300, that's actually where a business needs to be, to be healthy because of other things in conjunction with that. For instance, taxes, overhead, uh, maybe a biller, especially if you're in network billing the, the delay of getting paid for that accounts receivable, you're not actually going to um, receive because of, you know, failed payments or, and people not actually not paying, or you're fighting with insurance company about visits that you needed authorized, you know, all these things that you don't think about, you know, your benefits like healthcare and in you know, 401ks and time off and all that stuff that that's uh, things are excluded um, from the ratio, but are part of it, right? So if we just do simple math, you're generating 300, they're paying you 75 and an economic standpoint, that is actually very fair. Now, if you look at other industries, other industries are actually skewed in a very different direction. So for instance, I have a friend that does mergers and acquisitions for a big consulting firm. And that firm, like he bills about $450 an hour and he has to bill about 45 to 50 hours per work week. It's like mandated. He has to bill. It's more than 40. So he generates over a million dollars a year in, in actual revenue for that consulting firm. He makes about 150,000. So if we do the math on that, his ratio, his, his, uh, his number of gross revenue divided by what his salary is, is going to be closer to like an eight. So, you know, the, the most profitable businesses hover around an eight to a 10 when they're looking at that ratio of gross revenue produced divided by salary. So when you look at a business in terms of profitability, the most profitable, most well-established, um, you know, high, highly profitable businesses are going to be around an eight to a 10. So PT is going to be around three to maybe a four, uh, maybe less, maybe it's two and a half. You know, once you start going too low, you start to put yourself in a really bad position as a business owner. So now you, as an employee here is where you have to look at it from your side. Cause you're like, I don't care, man. I don't care about your ratios. Like I want to pay my mortgage. I want to, you know, pay my student loans. I want to make more money. I've got a doctorate. I deserve it. That's what we usually think is like, I got a doctorate. I deserve to make more, but you don't deserve shit. All right. Let me tell you that. First of all, you don't deserve anything just because you got a degree. You have to understand that the market doesn't care what your degree is. 
The market doesn't care, you know, how much student debt you have. And by the market, I mean the economy, the global economy that we all function in doesn't care. It cares about value produced. This is why my friend makes 150 grand. You know, he works probably just as many hours as many of you, uh, but he generates significantly more money. So he makes more money. He's more valuable to the economy. He gets paid more money because of it. If you were more valuable, you would make more money, right? So as we look at that, how can you make yourself more valuable? Well, it's not by fulfilling and being a slightly better clinician, which most of us, what we think it is. Oh, if I just go to one more con ed course, if I just get this fellowship, if I get a residency, if I become a, you know, whatever, add whatever letters to the, the end of your name that you want, you think that's going to make you more valuable. It doesn't. And here's why. If you're functioning in an insurance environment in particular, Medicare, whatever insurance group, they're not going to pay you more because you have a fellowship. They're going to pay you the same as somebody that's one day out of school, which is why so many in-network practices hire new grads. They look for new grads because a new grad is going to be cheaper and they're going to get reimbursed the same as somebody that has 10 years of experience. Now, let that soak in for a second because that's kind of a hard pill to swallow for some people because they're like, well, my professor just told me if I just became world-class at this thing, everything else would work out. Well, I, I, I guess that sort of works, right? I mean, like you can have a really fulfilling job as a PT, but if you start looking at like wanting to make more money, it doesn't come from necessarily just being better clinician unless you understand how to drive people to yourself, unless you understand how to market to build your own book of business. Then as you do that, you can go to your employer and you can say, I definitely have like this niche is coming to see me. You know, I would like to make more money and here's why because you're bringing business into the actual uh, business. You are actually becoming a rainmaker. We talk about this concept. We have a whole course on this called the clinical rainmaker. And it's how do you become a rainmaker? Meaning, how do you understand how to have a super strong mindset to be able to know what to work on, to be resilient to changes? How do you understand how to sell effectively, both virtually and in person? And then how do you market to get people in the door or inquiring to work with you, you know, remotely or, or in, in a clinic? You can do that for another business. You could also do it for yourself because as soon as you understand how to drive business, you inherently become significantly more valuable to the market because it's a much more rare skill. Very few people can do this. Everybody just wants to show up and they want to have people put on their schedule. They fulfill it and then they go home. That is a replace very easily replaceable skill. For instance, my friend that works at a consulting firm to make partner they don't care how many hours you work. They don't care how good of a mergers and acquisition consultant you are. They care if you can get clients to actually want to work with you on a repetitive basis. You are bringing business into the firm. Partners get paid based on the profitability of the business. They have very low salaries, very low salaries, but can make a million dollars a year based on how profitable the business is and how much of that business, how much of that firm's business they actually bring in. So partners are rainmakers. They're people that are bringing business in to the firm. They're not fulfillers. They're not the people with the boots on the ground. They're just going out and actually doing the work. They might do some of that, but more than anything, they're driving revenue into the company because it's a much higher level skill. And it's a 10 X difference in terms of what they can make because of the skill set that they have acquired. So the better question is, you know, how do we get paid more? You know, why, or why don't we get paid more? Cause we have a doctorate and we were told that, you know, you're going to make X amount of money. The better question is, how do you make yourself more valuable? And as soon as you start to come to grips with the fact that you can't just fight it and just 
you know, yell at people about why they should pay you more and, and let's unionize and let's strike. And I was like, dude, how about you just understand how do you become more valuable as a professional? How do you, how do you make yourself so valuable that they have to pay you more? That is a better conversation to have. That's a better question to ask yourself versus pointing your finger at somebody not doing the right thing to you or insurance isn't doing the right thing. And they're definitely not. Trust me. I don't like, I like them probably less than most people do. And, but I can't change that. So if I just complain about it and I do nothing about changing it, it gets us nowhere. And if you complain Mm -hmm. about not getting paid enough money, but you do nothing about changing it, what good does it do? It doesn't change your position. It doesn't help you grow as a person. You know, it doesn't improve your skills. All it does, it just makes you frustrated and you get on social media and you bitch about it versus learning something and learning the right things and developing that skill and getting mentorship on the right things to then put yourself in a place where you've made yourself incredibly valuable and you never have to worry about finding a job ever again because you, you could either make yourself super valuable to a company that wants to pay you much, much more than somebody that just fulfills or you can use it yourself, you know, and use it yourself in a way where you can double, triple your income, you know, actively be able to build a business that in a less active way generates revenue, you know, and, and in order to do so, this is the funny thing. If you, if you go that route and you decide, Oh, I want to do this. You have to understand labor efficiency ratios from the other side. Cause you can't say, Oh, this person's bringing in $300,000. I'm going to pay him $300,000. Cause then you don't have a business because you're net negative, but all the things you have to pay for, for that person. Also, there's no risk on that person's side. There's no risk. If that facility gets sued, that staff member is not the one that they're going to come after. They're going to come after whoever owns the place. You know, all, all the risk in the business, if it goes south, you know, I've had a business through a global pandemic. You know, we were negative for a solid two months and we had cash on hand to deal with it. And our employees got paid the entire time, the entire time, even though they weren't generating a ton of money for a short period of time, because that is the role that we've decided to take. And if we didn't have a profitable business, they wouldn't have had a job. They would have had to get let go, but we run our business the right way. And we have a business that's profitable because there is a margin there for us to be able to reinvest in ourselves in the business. So that's healthy. That's why it's set up the way that it is. And you can't fight it because otherwise it doesn't exist. Business doesn't exist uh, without profitability. It drives it. It should be fair for sure, but it needs to be at a minimum certain ratios for businesses to be healthy. So keep that in mind as you think about this and really think about, are you asking the right questions or are you just yelling and complaining about something that you literally do not actually understand the economics behind? Otherwise you would be spending that time going and improving your skill set instead of yelling about why people aren't giving you something. That is actually where you should be spending your time. And if more of us spent time there in the phase of learning, improving, self-development, growing, building skills that are more valuable, there would be a hell of a lot less PTs bitching about things that they literally can't control on social media. So you own your time, you own what you decide to do, and you own your thoughts, and you own what you decide to point those towards. I recommend you point them towards something positive, something that's going to make you better and make you more valuable to the economy, to the marketplace, then the negative side of basically yelling about something that you don't think is right. So make sure as you're spending your time on different things, use it valuable in a valuable way towards things that are going to develop you personally, improve you uh, in terms of making you more valuable to the marketplace. And then you can get paid as much or as little as you want. Hey, wait a minute. 
Just to let you guys know, we are closing in on 200 views on iTunes. That's crazy. Most podcasts hardly get to 100 views, let alone 200. And this is such a niche-specific PT business podcast. That's wild. So let's try to rally the troops and get to 200 reviews for this podcast. The first thing you need to do is you got to subscribe to this sucker, whether it's on iTunes or any other platform that you're listening to on, so you know when new episodes are coming out. The next thing, make sure that you leave a review. I'd love to hear what you have to say. I read all of them. It means a lot to me. The next thing, guys, take a screenshot of whatever episode you're listening to and put it in your stories on Instagram and tag me in it. That's at Danny Matei PT. If you do this, I will repost it. So you'll get a bump. I'll get a bump. We'll share this information with a lot more people because that's the goal, guys. We want to get this information in front of a lot more people. So take a screenshot, share it on Instagram stories, tag me in it, and I will repost it. So here we go. Let's try to get to 200 reviews for the podcast. Thanks for listening.